Yo, 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 what's poppin'? It's your girl, Red Corvette, and this is the Still Bloomin' Podcast. So, we are back, or I am back, and I am, again, excited to be here. Week three. And I started the week off feeling really good and excited about creativity. Because for a while, it hasn't just been, it hasn't been the easiest for me. Recovering from the pandemic and DJing work slowing down and kind of falling out of love. This week has been a very reflective one when it comes to self-love and loving on myself. And also just figuring out what my relationship is with my work and my creativity. I don't want to feel jaded anymore. I don't want to feel pressure or put that much pressure on myself. But I still need to get to the bag because Money is the motivation. So with that said, I pose a question. What are the reasons that you are still doing your creative work outside of, you know, you're passionate about it or the financial gain or the financial wealth? Because we are working towards wealth. I'd really love to hear your responses. So hit me up via email with voice notes quotes, any kind of writing, anything that you can to express your answer to the question at all the things read at gmail.com. That's A-L-L-T-H-E-E-T-H-I-N-G-S-R-E-D at gmail.com. This week, I sat down with my homegirl, Anissa. She's a dope-ass music artist that does composing, producing, plays, a slew of instruments mainly in strings and sings a lot of jazz which I'm very much into we talked about manifesting she also talked about her career as a woman in music she also talked about paying your dues and putting in the work and always just keeping in a job and reinvesting into her dreams let's get into it This episode is sponsored by A Party Called Butter, held in Oakland, California at Amber Lounge every Sunday and at Sally's in Brooklyn. Join us every week for R&B, deep cuts, b-sides, mingling, cute-ass cocktails, and just pure vibes. Once again, that's The Party Called Butter, held every Sunday at the Amber Lounge in Oakland, California and at Sally's in Brooklyn on random Thursdays. Stay tuned and follow us at A Party Called Butter on Instagram. Now back to the episode. It's really all about you. How you found your way to creativity or well, being a creative entrepreneur? I'm from Oakland, as you know. Yeah. I went to, I'm the, I'm the youngest of seven children in my family. Nobody is a professional musician, but everybody loves music. A lot of music heads, a lot of different tastes among all my siblings, parents. I thought that influenced me a lot. You know, I came up in a time of, Napster, LimeWire. So me and my brother's yeah. favorite thing to do was just download everything. We loved oldies. We loved, and I loved, you know, Curtis Mayfield, Gladys Knight. And then I loved Aaliyah, you know, the 90s R&B, but mostly just Aaliyah. That was it for me. And so I never had any intentions of playing bass. I was just a busy kid. My mom was, yo, you got a lot of energy. You need to do something with that. Learn an instrument. And when I went to middle school, she was like, pick an instrument. You're going to start an instrument. You go to middle school. And I was, so I went to Westlake. I was like, I'll pick violin. And so I get to class 
And the teacher who wants to play violin? And the whole class raised their hand. Well, everyone can't play the violin, so who wants to play this giant double bass? I was like, whatever, I'm just here because my mom said. But so I picked this up. As soon as I picked it up, it was I just knew what to do. They used to have the little sheet of how to start, and I just was bam, bam, bam. I just understood it. And the teacher was like, have you ever played any other instruments? How do you understand it so fast? And then he was just, and so I, I never played any other instruments. But from there, he put me in Young Musicians Program at Cal Berkeley, SF Jazz, High School All-Stars, Oaktown Jazz. I just joined every Oakland Youth Orchestra, classical. So I just joined every youth program for music that there was. And then went to college for got a master's in it. And then, you know, once you spend all that time, you have to kind of, you know, stick with it. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, but I love it. I, I always wanted to be a singer, okay. but nobody was serious as a singer. So bass paid my way to develop my voice. And now it's it's cool. But yeah, so that's how I found my way to being a creative entrepreneur. Explain what you do besides playing the different instruments. I saw that you are a composer. And it seemed kind of different from just being a music artist. Can you just explain what your artistry in music is? Okay, so I am a composer. So I have a master's in jazz studies. Okay. So that means I have to study composition, arranging. I do music notation. So most producers like come in and they know the recording equipment. They know how it sounds and stuff like that. That's, I'm not that type of producer. I, I can, but that's not my strength. My strength is with live instruments. So my music, my artistry is, is pretty vast. To be honest, my first two albums were all live. There's jazz and hip hop. There's all type of influences on there. On my second album, I have a full orchestra that I I wrote the whole thing. I composed the whole thing for the orchestra. That's tight. A whole, yeah. or, or, a whole orchestra. Yeah. yeah. How many pieces? It was, it was 25. Damn, that's tight. Yeah, I've not. I haven't heard of any more music artists doing that lately. So exactly. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> so that's my training. And so now I'm taking that and I'm kind of bringing it into 2022, modernizing my process right now. Now I have a team, I have a and I have a manager, and they're putting me with more of this era. So my process is more like combining sounds, upright bass, electric bass, you know, the different instruments I play, putting them into a more modern setting with more modern drums and, you know, bringing it up to 2022. So that's kind of what you could say my artistry is like. That's tight. I have yet to hear anybody do too many live instrumentations on albums. I didn't even know that you had a full orchestra that was tight. I was just listening to it, to your album, The Ways, but we're going to get into that a little later. Okay. So who are some of the artists that you have worked with and how did those collaborations come about? I've worked with a few artists. Yeah, Patrice Russian. She worked, she was, I met her when I was 13 at the Young Musicians Program at Kyle Berkeley, and she created the pop program at USC. Okay. And she was the chair. And so I was in the jazz program, but mm -hmm. I worked with her a lot. She produced my first album. So, and not like I said, she didn't make the beats. as a traditional producer. Sing louder. You know what I mean? That type of producer. Or they just kind of dictate everything that you do. Yeah, exactly. Girl. Just kind of like help it, facilitating my process. It's the best way for me to describe it. After that, I went to school. Where, you know, I played with a bunch of jazz artists in college. And after that, I worked with Duckworth. I went on tour with him. We met Quincy Jones. The first show I did with him, I didn't work with him, but I met him. And then I worked with Jose James, artist named, who's a, he's really big, especially in Europe and like in the jazz world. Okay. Um, and then Candace Springs, also a, a strong jazz singer and pianist. 
Prince co-signed her before he passed. She's the thing. I worked with an artist named Umi, younger artist. Uh, just did a tour with Tiana Taylor. You know, pretty vast range of different types of artists, jazz, hip hop, R&B. The collaborations kind of, yeah, I worked with Ombre, Say Grace. Some of these collaborations were through an organization. Here's a list of artists. And then if they rock with me as a bass player, because I'll be playing bass. So yeah. I'll be playing bass for these artists. So as a bass player, I get to work with more artists than I would if I was only an artist. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? When, if I, like, just as my artistry, I probably wouldn't even get in the same room as Tiana Taylor right now at this level that I'm at. You know what I'm saying? So, but because I'm a bass player, I can, you know, I get to be in dope rooms and learn from more experienced, more established artists. So it's cool. And then that, and then that pays. So then that pays for my artistry. So being a musician has been the holy grail for any, you know, that's been how I've traveled the world and not the world, but Europe, U.S. and a little bit of Asia. I also wanted to talk about artists that are using other opportunities in order to funnel their creativity. How important is that to you? Because a lot of people just want to be the artist and they can't take the notes and stuff. How has that just, you said, advanced your career? Well, I have had both of my albums that I made independently. So I had a job. One of them, I worked on a TV show playing bass. And the other one, I worked as a teacher. And I just took those incomes and just put it right into the music. As far as working with other artists being the background, I think that's crucial. I mean, just name any great besides Michael Jackson. <laughs> you know, even Michael Jackson, he was in the Jackson 5. You know what I mean? He wasn't always just Michael Jackson. Even Beyonce, she was his child. You look right. at Marvin Gaye. He, he played piano and drums for different artists on Motown before they signed him as his own artist. Luther Vandross sang backup for David Bowie. You know, I played drums for, for Harold Melvin and Blue Nose. Like, just name anybody. They yeah. paid their dues. They was a side man, a supporter before they became the number one, because that informs your artistry in a way that just being an artist never could. I could learn lessons like playing bass for Jose James. We did a seven week festival tour in Europe, playing for 10,000, 20,000 people every night, five, six nights a week. That was 2019. So it might take me five years from then or 10 years from then to be at that level. But now I have the experience. When I get there, I'm going to be ready because I have played for 20,000 people in that setting. People look at it as a step back, but it's yeah. really just a setup for the future. Me going on tour with Tiana Taylor, we wound up chilling at Diddy Crib. I'm meeting people that I would never have access to if I hadn't just been humble and supported people who are dope. They were humble. They had to support. That's the thing. Everybody has to pay their dues. You can't skip steps. When you're humble and you welcome it, those artists look out for you. Jose James taught me so much. He taught me, he got me a voice teacher that helped me learn how to sustain my voice and be able to mm. sing night mm. after night after night on tour. So when I have my own, when I just did this tour with Umi as an opener, at first I toured with her just as her bass player. Then she was gracious enough to allow me to open for her. So, it's you build relationships where instead of me cold calling Umi and being, Hey, can I open for you? I already knew her because I played bass for her. So it just, it just puts you in position. What has been your favorite experience on tour? Well, there's different experiences that have different reasons. As far as the vibe, either Duckworth or Tiana, but probably Tiana just because that crew was so large. It, I've never been on a crew that big. It was like 30, 35 people. I'm a social butterfly. I had 
different pockets of friends. I, I got along with everybody. I was cool with everybody on the tour. If we, if you don't feel like talking today, all right, I'm gonna hang with so-and-so. The people who was around, all the different celebrities that came through, all the different after appearances she would make at clubs and walkthroughs and just, it was like a full celebrity experience. Jose James was just four people, no yeah. tour manager, no extras, super reduced. But it was extremely organized and extremely luxe. We stayed in the best of the best hotels, suites, resorts. <laughs> Jose James knows restaurant owners. They would shut the whole restaurant down for us. Mm -hmm. Just different. So I'm saying, but exactly. Luciano was more celebrity club. You know what I mean? Meeting other famous people and stuff. So so it was dope. I mean, so yeah, then Duckworth was just like the homies. We yeah. chilling. I'm close with everybody over there. But we was grinding. You know, that was one of his earlier tours. Accommodations, you know, you sharing rooms and stuff like that. What are some things that you do to get yourself prepared to hit stage? Well, definitely varies depending on if I'm singing. Background or lead or playing bass. Because, yeah, playing bass, be chilling. If I'm just, that was why I was so fun on Tiana Tour because it was no pressure for me. For me, playing bass is just extremely no pressure. Right. Okay, I know the songs. You know, once, once you know the music, I'm chilling for that. But for voices, I have to warm up. And I say it depends on the style too. Playing, I playing. Umi. I say for Umi. What do you mean the style? I'm just saying what what. I mean, what did oh, you? Oh, she do? always she. We would always say, like she's very into chanting and meditation. We would always do a whole a little meditation before we got on stage. That was her process, but she was in, include us in that, and that would be helpful. But I was mostly I wasn't singing with her either, so I was just playing bass. And so if if you know if if there's last minute arrangements or changes, it's okay. Remember. You know, you just go over the parts. I talk to other band members. I remember on the third chorus, we do bap, bap, bap. You know what I mean? That kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So you kind of refresh the memory. That's part of the process. But once you're on a tour, and all right, with Tiana, for example, we do the same. It's a, it's a program set. It's the same thing every night. Sometimes she would say on Leah's birthday, she was like, let's do one in a million. You know what I mean? She would add a song or something like that. But most of the time, same set. So once you get it, I wouldn't have a drink or something before the set because I just, you know, cause, and then her crowd, it just all depends because her crowd is so hype. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's like, you got to get in that vibe, you know, as opposed to for Jose James, it's jazz. So it's, I wasn't drinking or smoking because when I'm singing, I don't, I don't drink, I don't do nothing because right. uh, I just, I keep my voice in shape, but I was singing there and then it's jazz. So there's a group of songs that we need to know, but you never know which ones he's going to call tonight. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know, the main ones, but then he might change it up or he might stretch this extra long and now you got to play extra bass solo or whatever. So it, you got to be more aware. You got to be way more locked in because there's no tracks. With Tiana, with Umi, there's backing tracks. There's tracks from the, from the records. That's more of the pop R&B thing. But with jazz, it's just y'all. No support. You know, you are the only music on stage. So I feel that's more pressure. Cause, but to me as a musician, as a musician, that's way more fun because it's just, you get to shred. You know what I mean? Like, I would have, with Tiana, I had to pick my moments where I could really play, because most of it is just play the song. But I would have my moments where I would go off, but with Jose James, it's the whole time, go crazy. So that's a different energy, you know? So we're going to talk about a few of my favorite songs. What was going on in your life when you created Revolution? Shit. It was a beautiful song. Thank you. Appreciate it. It was, I felt all of it, so... Thank you. You know, so crazy because I'm so disconnected. I'm such in a different mind space now that I'm just like, damn, people actually that. Anyway, <laughs> but at that time I was, I was at Michigan State. I was getting my master's and that's in East Lansing, Michigan, which is basically middle of nowhere. And so all I did was practice all day, all day, practice all day, practice like six to eight hours every day. It's snowing. It's nothing to do. So I just practice all day. 
And so I was practicing piano too. So I wrote that at the piano. Just So I didn't grow up in church, but at that time I had started playing in a church in Michigan, a black church in Michigan. And because I not wanted to, because I feel like as a black artist, you're going to be limited if you don't have the church experience, because that's how the vast majority of our greatest artists started. Especially um, in R&B. Especially in R&B. Or any type of singing. Any type of singing, 90, 90% of the time came from church. Um, that's, you know, that's our musical background. Even though I wasn't raised Christians, I respect the contribution. And it's blackness. It's our culture, you know? So... I felt exactly most of my training had came from, you know, classical and jazz, which is also a very historic music of ours. But I just, I need that gospel edge. I need that sound, you know? So at that time I started playing in church and I was like, what's the churchiest chords I could play? So, and then, and then when I came up with the chords, I'm like, what's, it felt too big for me to just talk about just love between two people. You got to be bigger than just interpersonal love. I got to be global love as a people. You know what I mean? Like, it's really about black people. I mean, I let other people claim it because all people love it. And that's the point. So you can't really tell. But I was talking about black people coming together and loving each other because, you know. It was very universal. Yes. Yes. I wanted to have universal appeal, but it was the, the lyrics were inspired by the Willie Lynch letter. Okay. You know, where I say it's time for us to. Is this a, is this a, mm. Mm -hmm. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> it's to the way that we've been broken down, but it's time to be free. It's time to turn this ship around, you know, the slave ship, you know, time to turn it around because it's been way too long. We've been holding on to all this fear, distrust, and envy. It's time to get along. You know, all of that is from the Willie Lynch letter. Make them fear, distrust, and envy each other. No more man versus woman. You know, turn the man against the woman. No more, turn the young against the old. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was intentionally done to us to divide us as a people. Right. So it's kind of, I, I think of it as a spell, you know, the, the reverse Willie Lynch letter, an attempt to reverse the Willie Lynch letter. Well, I love the song. It's beautiful. The other one is, who were some of your life experiences, influences, if any, behind it's you? Oh, yeah, that song is my dream, man. I didn't know anybody. It was okay. I just was manifesting. So that wasn't really inspired by someone that I already knew. It's kind of, that's why it says, and in that moment, the bridge, it says, because, you know, he's out of my business, oh my God, take care of myself. Sometimes I need help. And that's where you come in. He hadn't come in yet. You know just what to do and you know just when. I'm describing, like, he takes care of me. I'm describing the type of man that I want. And then in the bridge, I say, and in that moment when we're standing face to face, I'll ask you a question and listen to what you say. And your answer will be how I'll know that it's you, that you're the one. It was kind of inspired actually by this song by Adele called The Concept. There's no way I could describe him. It's from his, her first album. What I've said is just what I'm hoping for. Daydreamer. It's the first song on her first album. It's really good. I love that song. She's saying, she describes a man the whole song. And then at the, the last melody, she's saying, I can't really describe it. This is just what I'm hoping for. This is my dream man, basically. So she's daydreaming about her ideal man. Have you manifested him? Oh yeah, girl, he here. <laughs> Come on, talk your shit. <laughs> <laughs> he is here. He just left um, <laughs> to go do his work. And, uh, you know. It's, uh, he's literally, I wrote my five non-negotiables and he's all those things. That's like, yeah, so I'm good. I'm set.
wind down. So clearly the first question was, are you single? No. Right. But how is dating as a woman artist? Ooh, we trash. <laughs> Advice? Cause... <laughs> uh, I, mean, I definitely feel that it's trash. I definitely thought I had a trash experience prior to my current partner. And I feel, but, okay, so I'll I'll talk about the dating experience and then I'll give my advice. It's not really advice. It's just my story. What are some qualities that you, that are important in a soulmate? So you can kind of mesh Merge them all together? Yes. Okay. So I feel dating as a, as a female artist, you know, it's a mix of things. You get a lot of male artists who are interested or male musicians or whatever in the field, male yeah. creators. And honestly, they're kind of fans. And that's not good. You shouldn't be dating a fan. Well, don't I know? <laughs> you know what I mean? I've had that experience, literally. Same reason why a guy with me and, you know, is interested in me is the same reason why we can't make it work. And there are certain things around about how I carry myself and being in public. And that just didn't match with him because he's an outsider. So he didn't understand why I was. No, it's a fact. That's what I'm saying. There's those who try to use you for a clout. Cool with the attention you get or how people treat you because as long as they're associated with you, as long as they're benefiting from the association. And then there's those who are maybe not creators. They, exactly. They're, they're attracted to you because of that. But then you said they can't handle the reality of who you are and you know all the other people who are attracted to you um yeah trash 10 out of 0 out of 10 wouldn't recommend you know they're jealous you know they don't say it they don't admit it and then there's those who aren't musicians who don't understand at all you know they have no idea of how the creative process works or you know the instability of your life and then exactly i tour so i'm gone for two months can you handle that you know what i mean i'm, I'm on the road with a bunch of dudes a lot of the time or even with a bunch of women there's you know it's just there's that. So it has, it takes a, so exactly ideal qualities. It takes a man who's very confident in himself, has his own thing going. He's important in his world. My current partner, he's a painter. He's an artist. He has shows and gallery openings and I'm going out. Everybody's watching. She's saying, so what were you thinking? And they're asking him all the questions about his process. And I love it. I yeah. love it. I love watching women flirt with him. I love watching him get the attention and admiration. Like, that doesn't bother me at all. I'm cool. I'm with my equal. You know what I'm saying? So it's, yeah. I can go play. I love that I can play number two with you. That I can just go and people don't even know me in your world. And right. I can just be your girlfriend. And then when he comes around me, he loves the attention. I get like, damn, motherfuckers look up to my girl. And you know what I'm saying? He loves it. So it's, we we friends. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not a jealousy. And it also, I think that, that it helps that we're not in the same field. We're both creatives, mm -hmm. but it's different mediums. So. He's not trying to tell me about my process. I'm not trying to tell him about his. Yeah. We just support each other and let each other do our own thing. So it's separate, but we can relate. We understand that we both have a creative process. So he's not yeah. clueless about what that looks. And exactly, he'll do residencies where he has to leave for a month at a time. Or So I think having somebody whose lifestyle is complementary to yours and someone who is supportive of you and also has their own. They can't be supportive if they should not together. Impossible, especially for men. I feel like women can do that a little better. Women hate too. Don't get me wrong. Women can hate too on men, but I feel women are natural supporters. It's easier for us to be on the sidelines cheering on than it is for a man. It's, and it's a more accepted role in society, by the way. Yeah. Men get 
laughed at and ridiculed for not having their own thing. Right. So then I would say advice. I feel like I met, I'm really big. I mean, I'm sure it's, it's cliche, but you know, everybody who really big on manifesting. I'm really big on affirmation. I really believe that what you say is your reality. It's not that it will be your reality. It is your reality. So I just say I'm rich. I say I'm wealthy. I say I have a huge fan base. I have millions of followers. I, you know, I sell out arenas. You know, I speak that. So before I met my partner, I, or my man, I don't know. People have different ideas. I, um, yeah. So before I met my man, I would, I, I just decided I stopped dating. I'm not dating anymore because dating is not real. Dating means that in my mind, it's just my opinion. Dating means that you are not sure. It means you're just trying things out. It means you haven't decided yet after a while. And so I just felt because I hadn't decided, I just kept getting in tug of war situations, power struggles. Oh, who liked each other more and all that other crap. So I was like, you know what? I'm done dating. I am a wife. I started acting. I'm already married. I'm already somebody's wife. I just haven't met him yet. I'm a wife. I had my, I had already made my list of non-negotiables, but of course I divvied off of them. So I revisited them, strengthened yeah. them. Because like, oh. of those five things, you're going to know within the first conversation or even looking at somebody's Instagram, if they match those five things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what somebody's on right away. So... For me, I just, I'm already married. That means I'm not dating anybody else. I'm not texting nobody else. I'm going to act like I'm already married. If he's not my husband, the one, if he doesn't get, and, and I had the criteria of what my husband would be, you know, yeah. those five non-negotiables. If he's not that, I'm not texting him, not calling him, definitely not kicking it. Nobody, because I'm bored. I'm not going on no dates and getting free dinners. None of that. None yeah. of that. I just cut all of that out. And I feel within two months, I met him. I mean, it might not happen that fast for somebody else, but I'm just saying. I just was you were serious about it. I've been asking people and they just say stupid shit or things that just, things that I've heard, but nothing that gives me a direct answer into what has happened and how they manifested. It's always, I just manifested. I just said this and that, but you were very specific and clear on that. It makes a lot of sense than just saying I was already a wife. You were a wife and you did these things too, which helped you you know, be clear on what you wanted. I appreciate that. What are some wellness practices that you do daily in order to keep you functioning at a high level? Prayer. I pray every day, times a day. I drink tea regularly, just for my, mm -hmm. for my voice. You know, yeah. I have my steamer. I do my steam treatments. Skincare. I'm a big skincare girl. Working out. I'm not as consistent as I should be. I am. I work out every day. I'm going to just say it. Right? Every day. I work out every day, but truthfully though, even if I don't go to the gym, I stretch minimum. I stretch every day, minimum. I stretch. I practice my instruments, practice my voice. I have my vocal warm up routine. And then also just, oh yeah, reading for sure. I read regularly. I cook for myself and just eating good food. I feel yeah. even if it's eating out or cooking it good, healthy and tasty, very important. for me. And then. It was one more I was going to say. Writing things down. Not necessarily journaling in the traditional sense, but just if I get an idea, I'll put it in my notes app. Or if I have a vocal, a singing idea, recorded in my phone. or So exactly. Songwriting is therapy for me, for sure. When I'm, when I'm writing consistently, I'm my best self. 
because in order to write, I have to do all those things every day. I have to write. I have to pray. I have to do my vocal warm-ups. I have to work out and get outside the house. I have to practice my instruments. So songwriting encompasses the entire wellness practice for me. What are the last three books you read? Okay. Okay. The, or what are the last couple of books that you read? <laughs> no, I read all the time, but I read, but, but, but I read the same type of stuff. Okay. So, you know, I could go in my book app because I read a lot on my phone. I love iBooks. That's the best thing that ever happened to me. Okay. Oh, okay. Ooh, I don't know if I want to get this. Okay. Cool. A lot of stuff too is secret. The reason why I hesitate is because I don't necessarily want everybody to know what I'm reading, but I will tell you. I the one read, that you want to share. Yes. Um, Theology of Time, Elijah okay. Muhammad. Okay. The Divine Sayings, Elijah Muhammad. I, I've been reading that. It's just quotes from him. Okay. So that's easy reading. So I just read a few quotes. I'm like, damn, that's crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. And then I would say one more that's not religious is, you know what? Damn, that's crazy. Oh, that's basic. That's too basic. That's too basic. <laughs> Because I do read popular books because I'm out to know what the, you know, the public frequency is on. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I would say the last non-religious book that I read was A Woman's Influence by Tony Gaskins. Cool. So I'm going to have to check those out. How was it working on All-American? Oh, it was, it was so, girl. <laughs> when I got there, I was, I see why Issa Rae was so critical of the music industry. You heard what she said about like music industry. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It was like, the music industry is so ghetto. And I got to Hollywood yeah. and how organized it is. I'm damn I see, cause I mean I I know it's ghetto, but I'm it's just a game, like it's good. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't want to deal with it. Yeah, exactly. You don't really know what you're dealing with until you deal with another industry. Right. Oh my God. Everybody knew who I was when I got to set. Oh hi. Oh yeah, you're playing Ava? Yeah, here's your trailer. Da, da, da. Oh, here's wardrobe. Oh, here's me. And everybody's so friendly. And it's just like when you get on set, yeah. Like there's 50 people saying the same thing. All right, rolling, 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 rolling. Everybody repeats each other. It's so organized. Hey, we're going to need you. Okay, you can wait here. for the, We don't need you for this scene. We'll come back about 22 minutes. 15 minutes later. Oh, we're, we'll be ready for you in about seven minutes. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. in about two minutes. You get three warnings. Oh, do you need anything? Do you need some tea? Do you need some? Bruh, this is not. And it's so organized. You get there. It's like, okay, I did what I need to do. And then they give you direction. Okay. Don't, you know, I mean, I can't say any lines because of, you know, the, the way the contract is set up. But it's like. Yeah. No, don't, you know, they're like, okay, don't speak. Ooh, all right. No, no, no. Okay, hold this. You know what? You probably shouldn't use your base. Here's the base. It was just so organized. And it's, it was amazing to see 50 to 70 people on the same page. They own it. Everybody got the clipboard. Everybody's reading the same thing. Everybody's on it. All right, switch. Turn it. You filming each scene from five different angles. Really, really tight. A, a production. That's production. What we do is figuring it out. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> that is production, baby. I swear that's what's happening in this world. Top three places you want to tour? Oh man, easy. Africa, anywhere in Africa, don't matter. South I'm surprised America. you ain't in Africa yet. No, but you don't understand. I thought you would have been and ran through that. <laughs> because Africa is not a common tour circuit for American artists. Oh, like shit. At all. Like, they send you to Europe, Japan, China. That's, that's, and then the U.S., you know? But you got to be big, big, or have a certain niche to be in Africa or South America. So Africa, South America, 
I was supposed to go on an Australian tour, but I got another tour. I didn't make it. So I would say Africa, South America, and Australia. Nice. And the last question is, what are all of the instruments that you can play? Bass, so upright and electric, piano, guitar, and a little bit of drums. So the next segment is on the hotline where I have a random question that was sent to me from one of my friends. Here is the question. What's something that men do that women find annoying that men do not realize is annoying? That is so good. It's such a great question. I'm so glad that he wants to know. You know, because yeah. you know, the thing is, I, I love men. I'm not a man. I, really, I really love men. And I feel like they're just so just misunderstood and just, you know, they're just so bashed, you know? Yeah, if they I don't, do. I don't, you said what? If they just make one mistake or if they just, you know, because every woman is very complex. So if they don't know what this woman is or they might do something that they learn from somebody else, they just instantly, women just instantly, some women just instantly nitpick at everything and just completely and be like, fuck this nigga, fuck on. And it's just. Right. They just be so dismiss the whole male species. Bro, they, they have a lot of pressure on them. It's hard for us and it's hard for them too. It's hard all around, guys. It's just a different type of hard. Yeah. Um, so something that, something that, I'm curious what you was going to say, because since you had one ready, I want to know what you was going to say. Uh, I just, I, I guess because I haven't really been in the situation, I just don't, I really do not when niggas just don't listen. Yeah, I was going to say If I say something, something to you, I'm the type of person that literally will, re I don't want to repeat myself multiple times. I will. I don't have a problem with, you know, repeating myself, but then there comes a point where it's, nigga. I told nigga. you. And little shit. Little mm -hmm. shit. And it's, I can t we can talk about it, but could you just not do that? It annoys me when you do certain things versus... If somebody tells, if a guy tells me that I'm doing something that might irritate them, that I didn't know that I was doing, that was irritating, I would try, I would try not to do it. And then I would, you know, be self-aware. Right. 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 I really would be self-aware of those things. But I have known niggas that literally just, they, it just literally goes in one ear and out the other. And then they'll be, babe, you already know that I just, no, 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 no. It's and it'd be little stuff. Hey, babe. It'd be little stuff. Hey, babe, I have a, I have an appointment on Tuesday at three. You know what I mean? Or, or, or I'm going out with my friends on Friday. Woo -woo. And you tell them, we can be, hey, babe, you know I'm going out next week. Woo -woo. And you go, you going out? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I told you five times. I told you. But I would say something else that I think is annoying is, damn, I was trying to say it before I forgot. Oh, yeah. When they, it's more something that they don't do. Rather than something that they do, right? Exactly. Like, don't listen. Seth, you don't listen. That's, that's what it is. Yeah, it's, it's things that you don't do. So if it means something that men don't do is plan ahead, take initiative. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm, yo, you know, if you know a birthday or anniversary is coming up, don't wait till the last minute. You know what I mean? Don't. That's, that, that's something that bothers me is when men kind of expect you to remember like, for them. Yeah, remember for them or take the initiative as far as the whole. 
basically bear the whole burden of the relationship. All the dating, all the fun stuff, all the planning. Can you plan a fun night for us? Can you get creative and surprise me? Yeah. That, that, that kind of stuff, I'm, I feel I wish men would do more of. I think, so it's yeah. not really an answer to the question. It's, more, it's annoying when y'all don't plan. When y'all leave, it's annoying when men leave the full responsibility of the fun and excitement of the relationship to the woman. Yeah. Don't make me always, you know, one. pick the event or pick the restaurant or plan the evening. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, babe, I saw this thing. I thought you would want to go. Just, you know. Surprise me. Take initiative. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, I, I'm willing to try new things. You can take me to do the shit that you do. If you want to go to Monster friend, Truck. Yeah, the Monster Truck Jam. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I just random, but I'm just like, anything, like, whatever, I'm down. I'm down. So it's just, yeah. you know, that's something. That's, that's one thing I'll say. I'm not sure there's plenty more, but, you know. What can we expect from Anissa Strings in 2023? Well, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm dropping I'm dropping the strings. As far as okay. I mean, I'm gonna keep it as my like my handles. Uh -huh. I'm keeping my handles, but I feel all my music. I'm just gonna be Anissa, and my art. I'm just with Anissa. You know, and it's Anissa, Anissa with two E's. Yes. I'm gonna just be Anissa, and you know, it's so funny when I was a kid. It's funny you asked that because when I was a kid, mm -hmm. I used to draw. I was gonna spell my name. <laughs> I was gonna spell it A N Y C A. What? That don't even. That don't even. What is like, that? Anika, what is that? Anyways, <laughs> uh, but um, I just it look cool, you know. To cool with the Y. Look cool, yeah, and the C, you know, and nicer. nicer. Well, why does you say it? You know, it's exciting. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely expect an EP next year. It's almost done. Oh. Um, EP coming totally different than what you heard from me before, though. A little, you know, might be some live bass, might be some live guitar, yeah. but it's going to be way more produced, way more 2022. Yeah. Current. Some singles, some videos, some photo shoots, some looks, shoot, some brand deals. Come on, uh, brand deals. You know, some, some tours. Yeah. So for sure. All the other stuff, maybe, but the music, for sure. We manifesting. It's happening. We manifesting. We manifesting. But the music, the music is hot. I'm, music is it coming. Like it, ain't <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't like it ain't done yet. It's, it's ready. What is a goal that you want to achieve within the next six months? I'm going to check back in with you to see what's going on. Okay, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And I'm going to ask you, too. Yeah. Six months, I want my EP out. What is it, December? Yeah. I want yeah, it out. Cool. Yeah, it should be out by June. Minimum, a single or two, and the release date. You know when it's going to come out. But it should be, even if it come out in, you know, late June or whatever. The EP is done. The artwork is uploaded to the shit. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's rolling out. It's out. Six months. And then from oh, yeah. there, I want to have, it got to be out. And I want 100,000 monthly listeners on yes. Spotify. That's my goal. That's what it is. So thank you for chatting with me. Can you please you. let me know, let people know out there how they can follow you and stay up with you and all that good stuff? Yeah, just Anissa Strings everywhere. Anissa Strings, just like it is on the thing. A-N-E-E-S-A -E -E Strings everywhere. TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, Twitter. I'm always on Twitter. I talk a lot. I'm fun on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, for real, because you know there's different personalities on there, each yeah. one. On TikTok, you can do whatever you want. Twitter, you can talk shit on there, and then Instagram yeah. is highly curated. curated. Yeah, Instagram is like my achievements. You know, really, I'm out here. I'm doing it. I'm making it happen. TikTok is just you know video content of all kinds, and then Twitter is just like my opinions and my thoughts and all the all the stuff you heard today. That was this week's episode with Anissa. If you like what you heard, please like, subscribe, share, and download the Still Blooming podcast. Also, I want to answer more questions for the On the Hotline segment. So please, please, please send any questions to my email at allthethingsread at gmail.com. That's A-L-L-T-H-E-E-T-H-I-N-G-S red at gmail.com stay tuned for next week's episode with ryan of last supper society you can follow me at dj red corvette on instagram and twitter and corvizi on tiktok until we meet again next week